Jackson Avery. I'm your host, Max. I am Avery. How are you guys? All right, so we are recording on a regular Thursday nights like we do. However, the Bears are playing in this Thursday night matchup, so we're going to do things a little differently this episode. We're actually going to give you guys a little bit of a almost live broadcast during the second quarter of the game here. Second quarter started just a minute ago. Um, and so Avery and I are just going to do kind of like we used to, do some commentary, talk to each other throughout the second quarter here, and then during halftime we'll give you a little bit more of our regular episode content. So, uh, Avery, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm here, man. I'm here. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I thought it was Friday for a good chunk of today. Not a good chunk of today, but I thought it was Friday earlier. Um, it's actually only Thursday. I, I knew that. Like, I knew that the night football was on tonight, but for some reason in my head, I was like, oh, I got to do our Friday movie night. So I was, I was just messed up earlier. Threw me off a lot. But um, give you guys a little where we're at in the game right now. Panthers are currently up 10-3 to because the Bears are garbage. Uh, Tyson Bajant is starting again because Fields is still – he's still hurt, right? Like, wasn't he supposed to come back this game, theoretically? Yeah, he's he was mentioned as doubtful. Um, and then uh, it came out today, Eberflus came out that Bajant was going to start one more week. and Yeah. So is Fields even dressed at all right now, or is he still just like, nah, sit on the side and chill? Yeah, he's just sit on the side and chill right now, unfortunately. I mean, it's not Fields' fault. I mean, it's no. an injury. Like, yeah, it's, it's, seeing- it's one of those things that just sucks, you know, like sitting out on the sideline, you were supposed to be back. I mean, we thought this was going to be a one-game thing. And right. It's, what, going on four now? Yeah, no, and that's like the worst part about everything is like, it was supposed to be a one-time thing, or at least two weeks. Like, they were talking about two weeks, you'll be back, you know, Tyson Bajant. And now, dude, like, we dropped, what, two straight? And we're one and three with Tyson Bajant, and it's not like I mean, we're much better with Fields. I'm not even, talk- I'm not even talking records-wise. Like, yeah, who's to say what record's going to be with or without Fields? But just the being out for so long, like, where are you? Like, I would, like we all thought he'd be back by now. Uh, this is starting to get eerily similar to Fields's uh, rookie season, where he was playing behind Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton got hurt, and Fields played, and he played a lot longer than we expected, and he also looked poor, kind of like Tyson Bajan is, like the past couple games. Right. Uh, not to say that things will go ultimately the same way, because I'm sure we keep Fields after still, but still, just the similarities right there is astounding to me. For sure. And I'm just like the one thing with this, right? I like, I don't mind seeing Tyson play. One person I love watching play is Deontay Foreman. I don't yes. know. Oh my gosh, dude. He is, I don't know if you remember Jordan Howard for Chicago a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It reminds me of Jordan Howard, just the way he runs his play style. It's like phenomenal. Uh, I also don't understand why they have Jason Kelsey on this. Uh, broadcast right now yeah that that is a weird one <laughs> just probably just because he has a popular podcast and who, i mean who knows i don't this, this is kind of a random thing but no yeah i am loving foreman right now um i picked him up in our fantasy league because i know herbert was hurt and then roshan was hurt for a bit there too and that was probably honestly the best thing for foreman's career just because he has exploded and he's kind of defined himself as at least the number two back right now Herbert's still out, so he's getting, like, one-back reps, but still. 
for sure. Um, did you just see that play right there, Tyler Scott? The second twenty. Yeah. What's the second? I might be a little bit ahead of you, actually. The Tyler Scott, you said the completion yeah. or the the end around, end around with Tyler Scott. Okay, yeah, I'm a little bit ahead of you right now. <laughs> okay, well, then what what time do you got on yours? I got ten fifty. Here, one second. Here's what I'm gonna do. Tell me when you get to nine twenty nine, because that's where I'm at. Nine twenty nine. Yes. Oh my god. Like on the game clock. All right, hold on. I'm at. Uh, they're talking about Jason Kelsey right now. Oh. But yeah, so I'll mind paused when you get to nine twenty nine, like or when you when the game clock hits like nine twenty eight or not, other way nine thirty or whatever. Like tell me go and I'm gonna hit it. But uh, right now, right now I'm looking at a third and twenty. They're about to snap the ball. Um, we are on our own forty four three halfway between. Isn't that weird? Right. How like this is supposed to be live TV? live games and like on prime like it can be different youtube tv it can be different i don't know well it's so this weird. Is not youtube tv right now or it's on it? prime. no no we're on prime yeah. okay yeah i was gonna say well because we're both watching on prime so we should theoretically still both be at the same time but right. yeah it's but, it's weird how streams get delayed and stuff like that like they're never quite perfect yeah i'm at 955 you are you said way behind me. You got up, like, are you actually live? Like, did you hit live? Like, are you actually caught up, or is your video truly behind? No, yeah, I'm actually, like, caught up. Like, it says you're live. That is so strange. I, was, I made a big trade for uh, DJ Moore uh, this week. I wanted DJ Moore. I really – I've been wanting him for all year. And so I went out. I got him. I've been trading away, like, all my picks in fantasy football. I mean, at this point, I don't care. I'm at 929. We can unpause. All right. D- no, DJ Moore is definitely a solid one to have. That is, I mean, hopefully it'll be better with Justin. Typically, you still like receivers on good teams, but he is Chicago's number one guy right now, honestly, like just offense in general. Right. Uh, including running game, passing game, whatever. Like, he's just the dude. So well, definitely not a bad pickup to take there. See, I don't know, man. Like, I, you say he's the dude, but – Cole Komet has came on strong the last couple of weeks. Um, and I don't know if it's just the connection with the, you know, how young rookies want to go to their tight ends usually. I don't know if that's like, oh, Tyson Bajan, oh, that's my security blanket, throw a big 85. But he's been performing really well this year, uh, Cole Komet. So I've been pretty impressed. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of like yardage. I'm thinking of like yardage and just Cole, Cole Komet catches the ball. Yeah. But DJ Moore catches the ball and fucking makes magic happen after the catch. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's oh, kind of what I'm thinking of. Oh. He fumbled the ball there. He did. Yeah, I think I might be ahead of you now. You're slightly ahead of me now, but that's fine because I can fast forward a little bit. And well, now it's okay. <laughs> I mean, since we're in, uh, since we're into the commercial break now, you want to kind of talk about, uh, some of the stuff that we had planned talking about before we decided to do this little podcast thing. Sure. Uh, we'll talk about our NFL stuff right now, just kind of keep it NFL-based and whatnot. But uh, So let's talk about the Bears last week. That's a good starting point here. Bears game going on this week. Let's recap last week a little bit. 
Uh, you already alluded to it. We're one in three with Tyson Bajan as quarterback. That would include last week's game versus the Saints. We lost 24 to 17. Um, not a great game. No, not at all. Um, dude, it's hard because, like, with Tyson Bajan, man, like, you see flashes. You see a lot of flashes. And you see, okay, this guy could be the franchise guy, or maybe not even franchise guy, but this guy could be good. And then the fourth quarter. And so Chicago Bears in general had five turnovers as a team. Not not Tyson Bajan. He only had three. But as a, or four. As a team in general, they had five turnovers. And the Saints had zero. And it was still a seven-point game. So that reflects how well our defense played against the New Orleans Saints. Like, that's my big you, you have to be able – you can't turn over the ball. Like, that is the number one killer of just – Anybody, like you said, seven-point game with five turnovers, honestly, that's absurd. Like, if anything, it should have been a 14-point, 18-point. Like, it should, the score should have reflected way worse with that many turnovers. We definitely should have beaten the Saints when you think about it in that regard. Yeah. Um, so that is definitely a tough one to have. But it helps us out pick-wise, which I think is kind of where we're just sitting at right now is – Let's get a lot of draft capital going for us. Well, and that's what I was about to say too, man. Like one thing I think about this week is this is why I really wanted to see Justin Fields play because I think this is our last shot. I think if we win this game, we could end up eight and nine, seven and ten, nine and eight. Like there's, it, it's a very, very bleak shot, but like I think it's, I think it was possible. But if we lose this game against the Carolina Panthers, we're going to be one of the worst teams. In I think our season could have went two roads. There's two roads, and I think it could have went either way. I don't. I don't think this game means shit to us. I uh, like actually, it, dude. It means a lot to us because it's a win-win for us either way. Panthers. Or, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, okay. It's a win-win for us. So yeah, it doesn't matter. But sure. yeah. um, no, like you're saying, like I think we win this game. We go out, like get close to five. No. No, we win this game, like, I don't think it changes anything. Like, we're still one of the worst teams in the league. We'll have one more win on our record, but I think we're still lucky to get one or two more following this game for the rest of the season. Like, win or loss here. For sure. I want to mention one thing, though, that I had noticed last week and I noticed this week so far. Our defensive line is starting to pick up, and how much is that to do with Montez Sweat being one of our edge rushers? Like, we are definitely giving a lot more of a defensive present. Like, right there. Right fucking there. Yeah. Set. <laughs> and it's incredible. Like, I love seeing this, like, because that's the Bears. We grew up with the defensive team. We're the Chicago Bears, the monsters of the midway. This is who we are. And I've been waiting for this all year. Like, the rest of the year, like, we've looked like a Mickey Mouse defense. I've said that how many times? And just to see it tonight and see it, like, come out and see it against the Saints come out. It's taking added pressure, and I just wish we would have had that in the beginning of the year. I know. It, we, if we would have had that from the get-go, who, who knows where we'd be at right now. Um, that sack, by the way, was also, like, very close to the – I don't know what you want to call it – backed up. Panthers were very backed up. They just punted out of the back of their own end zone. Uh, so we got some good field position. Fine. Now, if we could just get – Two first downs, we can get a field goal, maybe. Yeah. Ten to six. I'll take that right now. Um, 
You like how I go straight to maybe we can get in the field goal position here it's, as opposed to like, hey, we just caught the ball. Like, let's go score. Dude, I – okay, and then, like, how much of this comes back to Luke Getzey this year on the offensive side of the ball? I get it. You're playing with the undrafted rookie quarterback, right? You're playing – you're you got to switch play calls. Like, he's – yeah, he was a five-year starter in college, D2. Um, he's – Still learning on a curve. He probably didn't expect to play considerable amount of time this year. He thought no, he was just going to back up Justin Fields and call it good. Yeah, it's definitely a hard adjustment to make. Like, you're still kind of figuring out the playbook. You're still kind of learning it and whatnot. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, strap up. You're going in. It's like, oh, oh God. And I'm not ready. <laughs> you do have to wonder if Luke Getze is kind of dumbing down the play calls or just calling, like, like the day one basic shit, you know, you go through your fall camp, you install all your basic plays the first couple days, like your easiest, whatever. And then from there, you just kind of branch. You have to wonder how many of those branches are trimmed down right now, restricting even Luke Getze himself. Like he, there's a lot of shit he probably can't call because Badgen just like doesn't have the full depth of the playbook quite yet. For sure. So I also want to, I want to get, see, and I like that play right there. I don't know if you're still a little bit behind me, but nope. uh, Badgett dumps it off to Roshan Johnson for a first down. Like, oh, when right. you say dumps it off, like that was, that was an extended handoff in my, t- like he's, it's not, a, it wasn't a check down. It wasn't a dump. I wouldn't call it a dump off. I call it a toss. Like he tossed it to Roshan. Like it was an yes. extended handoff. Tossed it to Roshan. So, like, I mean, but at the same time, that's the type of play. No receivers are open downfield. It's a nice little check down. He gets the first down. It's I'm not like, a check down, though. That was, like, a designed run. No, no. Maybe you no. are ahead. No, okay. I see. You are ahead of me now. Okay. All, All right. right. I, was like, I was like, what are you talking about? I was, I was like, Max, what are you talking about? Yeah. Right? That yes, was literally a check down. Forward a little bit. Uh, that's fine. Let me – uh. I'll pause it when it comes. We'll, oh, we'll no, no, I'll pause it. Remember, I pause mine, so I can just skip ahead. Okay, go. yeah, that's fine. All right, he just he just threw an incompletion to Rogue Okay, shot. and I'm watching Jason Kelsey in a... Oh, I'm going to go a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, no, Jason Kelsey. Yeah, riding a bike. Pass. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay, now, yeah. Now I, I need to continue forward a little bit then. But uh, anyways, like, no, I do like, I do like what... Uh, Bajent shows and like let's get this straight is it Bajent or is it Bajent because like I've heard the announcer say both and I it throws honestly, me off I honestly don't know if, if you go back and listen to the beginning of this podcast I have said it both ways I that's where I'm coming from I'm like is this Bajent or is it Bajent I like to say Bajent it sounds more right I'm gonna have to listen to uh, uh, Kirk Herbstreit say it yeah. at some point Bajent. Bajent is easier to say. Like, I naturally want to say Bajent, but then I think I want to say it is Bajent because I think some of the guys at work, like, use Bajent more often, and it makes me think, like, oh, maybe I should be saying Bajent. Which I really don't know. All right, did you just throw a fade that, ooh, almost got picked off? Yeah. And this is the mixed bag that I've been talking about with Bajent. Like, I like it because he knows how to get to the check down, and that's something Field struggles with. I'm not going to lie. Fields does struggle with that. But he was getting better before he got hurt. He was definitely getting better of, like, getting the ball out, hitting, you know, okay, one, two is not there, hit it to your third guy. 
And that's something Bajan does well. But when it comes to, like, yards, 15 yards or plus down the field, he's not that accurate. Now, I will say, as far as, like, fades like that, that looked pretty fucking accurate to me right there. Um, <laughs> big, big play by Boston Scott. Yeah. Not Boston Scott. Tyler Scott. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, the, the fade, when you're throwing a fade like that, that's not necessarily a super accurate kind of fade. Like, that's like a get the ball up there, let the receiver go get it. Like, that is it's the not- least coachable, like, play you can have. It is throw it up, receiver go get it. For sure. Um, ooh, DJ Moore, a little in around. Nothing there. Uh, one thing I want to say, too, though, is Tyler Scott, man, like, I love seeing Tyler Scott on the field. And maybe it's just because Velas Jones has been so bad for the Chicago Bears. I hate Velas Jones. And Tyler Scott and Velas Jones have the same play, uh, play style and play set. And seeing Tyler Scott, even though he's a rookie, like he's been performing his ass off. And yeah, I, love that. I think the biggest thing I'm excited, or the reason I would say I like Tyler Scott, is because it's, it's what we were talking about with polls the whole time. How we're like hey, he found Tyree Kill for the Chiefs. Like, like, let's let Tyler Scott be that guy. Like, yeah. that's that was our late wide receiver pick that, like, let's hope to God he saw something and he was fucking right, like, nailed it on the head again. And he's had a good year. Like, I mean, he's caught uh, most of the balls. And I like when they put him in motion and they do end arounds with him because he's so quick. He's so nimble. He could almost be a running back. Like, the way he runs in space – he could almost be a running back. He finds the holes. He breaks through. He has that acceleration speed. I like that. We're quietly driving right now. I know. Oh. Like, I like how we're moving it here. Oh, another fade. That one was tipped, though. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> no, I, going back to what we were talking about with Badgett versus Fields and whatnot and skill sets, Fields having a hard time to, like, get rid of the ball. Like, that was, like, one of the number one things I think we saw from Badgett. The very first game was just, like – no one open, chucks it out of bounds. Like, nope, no one here. Like, boom, just ball gone. Like, I don't know if he took a sack. And uh, Fields, we've watched take many sacks as he'll just scramble further and further and further back. Like, dodge one guy, backed up 10 yards. Dodges another, backed up 10 yards, and then goes down. It's like, dude, just get rid of it. Hey, what did I say? Field goal. 10 to 6. <laughs> but um, that's, I think, I wonder if that stems from Fields is very, very much a running quarterback. Yes. You know, like, he is so used to, like, no one open. Like, I'll make a play right now. Take off. Where Badgett can run. Like, you can run around with Badgett a little bit. If you move him out of the pocket, like, he can go get a first down. We saw that in his first starting game. Like, he got a few different first downs with his legs. But I think Fields thinks he can force it more or is so much more used to doing it or wants to do it that he holds on to that ball thinking he can make something happen even when sometimes it's like dude you just got to get rid of it like well, you're not gonna yeah. play here. I want to say one thing with Fields is that he does he does uh, make plays with his feet right he can make plays with feet so does Bajan or Bajan whatever his name is uh, Bajan he can make plays with his feet also but the thing is it shows Justin Fields has a much stronger arm than uh, Beijing does. And I've noticed that throughout the last couple of games. Sure, but I, I mean, that wasn't the I'm not saying anything about their comparison. I'm purely speaking of, like you said, you know, harder time uh, just throwing away the ball. Yeah. I think it's because of that, like, 
much more running mentality. He tries to hold on and make something happen compared to just like chuck it out of bounds. For sure. And Bajan, sometimes he reminds me of another backup quarterback in the league that's been getting a lot of light and shine is Josh Dobbs. Like, I feel like Bajant plays a lot like Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, on three days of getting to know the playbook for the Vikings, literally came in because Jaron Hall got hurt and came out and let him down to the game-winning drive and scored a touchdown. They beat the Falcons 31-28. to That was yeah. impressive, man. Like That, I think, is so funny how Dobbs went from playing in Arizona for the Cardinals mm-hmm. and Murray comes back. And who goes down? Kirk Cousins. And it's like, hey, we could do two up here. Like, he's a backup rookie quarterback who's just playing, like, multiple teams, like, year one. Just like, oh, I've just started every game. No, Josh Dobbs isn't a rookie. He's been in the league for, like, seven years. But still. But, yes, just he's been starting or, like, playing this whole season. Like, he was a starting guy. Yeah, because I know he played last year for the Titans in their playoff game because Ryan Tannehill got hurt in the last week of the year. But and then he showed a decent amount, and the Cardinals brought him in as backup. They got rid of longtime Colt McCoy. They brought him in. He performed well. They beat the Cowboys, which the Cowboys aren't no slump. Like, they, they're a good team. And now he's playing for Minnesota. And I think he's just like that perfect backup quarterback. He's a guy that's going to win you games, but he's not going to be a starter all the time. Yeah. And this year, he's going to end up being a starter this year. Like, the, for the whole year. Two different teams. <laughs> it, it's so weird because it reminds me of Madden in a little bit. And Madden, like, your backup quarterback goes down, and you're like, oh, let me trade for another guy. And then they trade, and he starts one week after. It's crazy. Just crazy, man. No, that is – it's a crazy for Minnesota to have a solid enough backup like him going in when uh, Cousins is out. And Justin Jefferson is out for them. They're in a rough spot right now. They're still in four, though. Like I said, they're still doing much better than we are at the moment. But, I mean, that's to be expected. Too. Like, their backup starting quarterback right now is, like you said, a seven-year veteran. Ours yeah. is a Division two rookie. Like, a little bit of difference in comparison there. Almost like the Baker Mayfield when he went down to the Rams and won their game after being there literally a week. Like, when you've been in the league – yeah, learning a playbook can still be difficult when you're on a new team. But if you've been in the league for a minute, it's like I, you understand football well enough at a level that it's like, like, what's this play? Oh, that? Yeah, let's, like, sure, go for it. Well, I know they were talking about, like, uh, Kevin O'Connell during the Vikings game. They were talking about, like, breaking down the play, mid-play, like, for Josh Dobbs. And, like, it showed, but, like, he still performed. He made plays when he had to. Um, but – Dude, all right, what are your thoughts on Bryce Young? This is your first time watching Bryce Young all year. It's my first time pretty much watching Bryce Young. Uh, it's not my first time watching Bryce Young all year. I watched him beat whoever it was at the Panthers. Beat. Yes, I watched him beat the Texans uh, at work. Not the full game, but I watched the second half. Yes. Yeah. The second half, I think. Um, I don't know. He doesn't seem bad. But I just don't know who he has around him as well right. as the Panthers. You know, like Panthers got rid of DJ Moore. They got rid of Foreman. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if he really has anything to work with. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I could judge his true, like, will he be great? Will he be a bust? Yeah. It, it's really hard with rookie quarterbacks to come out and be like, oh, this guy's terrible. Like, 
but at the same time, I don't know. Like, if you're comparing Bajent and Bryce Young, I think Bajent might have been outperforming Bryce Young this year just with his reads. Like, and that's crazy for me to say. But the guy I want to talk about is who he's going to uh, – Bryce Young's going to get compared to all his whole career, C.J. Stroud, dude. C.J. Stroud led a massive comeback against who you just mentioned, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. And he pulled it off. He even broke a rookie record during this game. So, like, he threw for, like, 474 yards. It was insane. Uh, And, like, four TDs. And it's funny because I'm in two different uh, fantasy leagues, and I made a big trade in my work league uh, for Trevor Lawrence. I traded away Justin Jefferson. I got a couple other guys. Um, But I needed a quarterback because Bryce uh, Trevor Lawrence was on a bye week this week. I picked up C.J. Stroud, and he got me, like, 51 fantasy points. And I was like, oh, Stroud boys represent. Yeah, <laughs> I love C.J. Stroud, dude. I've watched C.J. Stroud about just as much as Bryce Young at this point, meaning I've watched them for, like, half of a game, game and a half, like, whatever. And I got to say, I, I'm a little biased just because I like C.J. Stroud more. I thought he would be the better quarterback and whatnot. But I don't know. Gameplay-wise – I think he's doing better from what I hear and what it sounds like. And just from like the outside, it looks like he's doing better. I'd have to truly, truly sit there and look in on how they're doing like during a game to see if that's true or not. But I just, I like CJ Stroud so much better than Bryce Young. I want him to be better than Bryce Young. Um, How much of it, how much of that is the, because Ohio state quarterbacks, can't make it in the NFL. That's what everybody says. I think it might have a little bit to do with it. Like, just the relation there with Justin, a part of me is kind of like, oh, yeah. But I actually do also remember there was a time in college when I think Fields was hurt, or whoever Ohio State's quarterback was was hurt, and Stroud had to go in and replace him. Yeah, uh, Fields was concussed, I think, was what happened. Fields got a concussion. Stroud's had to start a game or two. And he did really, really fucking well. Just, like, stepped in, like, no big deal. Like, absolutely blew it out of the water. Enough so that there was almost a a quarterback controversy in Ohio State. Like, oh, fuck, should should we be starting this guy? And so I just – I think I have that mentality a little bit. Anytime I hear the name C.J. Stroud, I always kind of flash back to that, like, moment and stuff of just, like, should he be the starting quarterback right now, like, at Ohio State? Like, goddamn, like, he put on a hell of a performance when he had to step in. I agree. Um, the thing with CJ Stroud, man, is for me, it's the Justin Fields effect too. Like I, well, in just the way he performed against Georgia in the national championship last year, and like he balled out. Like, and they they were down to the last second field goal where Ohio State kicker missed it. They were gonna beat Georgia, and I hate Georgia because they're the new Bama, and so I absolutely despise Georgia. And I like Ohio State. Like I always have. I mean, I know you shouldn't like – it's like rep, like liking Big Ten schools when your Big Ten school's not in it. And I just really like everything that C.J. Stroud's done this year. And you could argue that the Texans have a worse team than the Panthers do. Oh, come on. Yeah. Oh. Just that off. Uh, Stevenson. Tyreek Stevenson. Tyreek oh. uh, Stevenson just about picked off Bryce Young. Speaking of who's better or not um, – it looks like that was third down anyway, so it's fourth and one, so they're going to punt, but oh, man. In his hands, oh, 
brings back the age-old question. This is why you're a defensive back and not a wide receiver, Tyree yeah, Stevenson, right, right there. Uh, I love Tyree Stevenson. Uh, he's been probably a great hit. People have been really criticizing Ryan Poles lately just because of the Chase Claypool trade and, you know, everything. Oh, with- that's a flag. Yeah, it was. He just so he nothing, nothing really. No, nothing. He caught the return. He bobbled it a little bit, like he kind of shook around in his hands, but like he secured it. And then all the here comes in a fucking panther and just. That was such a flop too. That is horrible. Trent Taylor flopped so bad, but anyway, doesn't matter. You can't fucking touch him. Like what the hell? The one thing with this right is Ryan Poles is getting a lot of criticism because of a couple of things that has happened under his. He didn't give Roquan Smith a big contract. He And Roquan came out, what, a couple days ago and said, I'm glad I'm in Baltimore because my career was going down the drain in Chicago. And that hurt for me to see. And then he makes a trade for Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool was terrible for Chicago. Probably Just like he's still doing terrible for, I forget. Miami. Miami, yes. Yeah. Still not doing well there. Right. And so, like, a lot of people are starting to criticize Ryan Poles. But look at the guys that you got under Bajan. Someone starting in his rookie year at quarterback, probably the hardest position on the field. And he's doing okay. He's not doing bad. Another aspect, Tyreek Stevenson. He almost had a pick right there. He's performed well all year. Tyler Scott, another guy. He's performed all year. Uh, Jack Sanborn, another guy. He's been balling out all year and replaced a Roquan Smith. So don't give me that shit that Ryan Pulse doesn't know how to build a team because he's showing it through the draft. He's not He's not keeping these guys Ryan Pace drafted. That's fine. It's one of those things where it's really easy to put someone under a microscope and be like, look at all the stuff that they've done wrong. Even if that like amounts to nothing when it's covered up by the amount of things that they've done right – like, if you do 25 different things and you do five of them wrong and 20 of them right, people are going to hyperfixate on the five that you did wrong. And, sure. like, that sucks. And especially in a situation like the Bears um, manager and stuff, like, that's, that's an even tougher spot to be just because they want to be good. Like, they need that turnaround, and they want it now. You know, like, they're expecting to bring a guy in and have him turn around the team now which it doesn't happen. Like, it just doesn't work like that. Like, it takes two or three years to actually get things truly turned around and moving in the right direction. But even on that, even with the Roquan Smith and pay the man, we're, we're having the same issues with Jalen Johnson. Like, he's oh, yeah. wanting out because we're not fucking paying the man. Like, fucking give the good players the fucking money they deserve and maybe they'll actually stay. Well, and that comes back to my next thing. How much does that make Jalen Johnson upset that uh, Montez Sweat got his four-year, $98 million contract over him, and Montez Sweat just got to Chicago? That's hard. That's really hard. What's his flag like? I'm curious. I'm not 100% sure. It's got to be on them. It's got to be some sort of targeting or something. He just hit Roshan to check down. Oh, yeah, he was going there. Oh. Oh, yeah. We need that. That's good. Yep, that'll help. Once again, Tyson Bajan completing a little check down there to Roshan over the middle. Uh, yeah, they got to back this up. Or not back it up, but move it forward from our perspective. That helps because we were a little bit backed up in our end zone there, it looks like. 
that is that their first penalty? God damn. So I see if we score here, we're right back in this game. Oh, right. easily. If we first score here, we take the lead. I mean, Let's well, go. depending on what that score is, but see DJ Moore, he's been quiet the last couple of weeks, but I think that's just a lot to do with Justin Fields and DJ Moore. They built that connection. They built that connection in OTAs. DJ Moore did not have any reps probably or very few with Tyson Bajan. And so like when you come in and you got a new quarterback thrown to, of course you're going to go quiet for a little bit. But yeah. this week we've seen a lot more from DJ Moore than we have the last couple of weeks, which I'm good. I like, I need him. I just made a trade for him. Like yeah, I need him that, to keep getting these catches. That chemistry is wildly important. Like, especially just like you're talking about even throwing the fades and whatnot. Like, like his accuracy being bad, that's not necessarily an accuracy issue. That's a knowing who you have running down the field issue. You know, like I can throw a pass to five different guys and I can put them in the same exact spot every time, but it's going to line up differently with those five different guys because they all are going to be different. And just a testament to his feet right there, scrambling to get the first down because he saw a hole, he took it, he got there, and he goes down. Um, like, that's good. That's great. It's what, like we need someone who is mobile. Right. Um, but yeah, no, this, the chemistry with the receivers is huge. That needs to be built and he's going to be starting to build that. Another reason DJ Moore might be a little quiet is just because teams might be able to start being able to figure it out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, this is the number one guy. Anybody else they throw to isn't really a threat. Like let's fucking bracket this guy, double cover him, like make sure he's not getting the ball anytime soon. For sure. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, Bajan's played okay this week. I mean, he hasn't thrown a turnover yet, so he hasn't thrown a pick. He hasn't fumbled. He did get up a little gradually after that hit. I don't know if you noticed that. I was getting a little nervous. I do not want to see Nathan Peterman. And there's DJ Moore once again. There he is again. There he is nice again. Nice little toe tap. Yep. Oh, dude, how big was that getting DJ Moore from Carolina? Like, I love DJ Moore. I think – I haven't loved a player like DJ Moore in a long time. Like, I loved Roquan Smith just because he was the best player on the Bears yeah. for the last four years. But DJ Moore, Moore is. <laughs> yeah, he's just so special, man. So special. I love it's it. Like, it's like I said, when he gets the ball in his hands, obviously he can't see it right there because he just had a little toe tap and, uh, right there. Same uh, thing. I was getting some action. Let's okay. go. Yeah, we're in a two-minute drill right now. 30 seconds left. We're on the Panthers' 40-yard line, driving in second – or, yeah, second and six. But, so, uh, sorry, no. The, when he gets the ball in his hands, like, the things he can do after the catch are crazy. <laughs> Shaking defenders off, just getting down the field even for – like, he turns a 10-yard completion into a fucking 25-yard game, just like that, just moving. Like, he can move incredibly well. Yeah, he's so elusive. I hate yes. seeing Matt Eberflus on the sideline. I'm so done with Matt Eberflus. Like, every time they put him on the game, and I'm just like, I don't need to see him. It was kind of like the Matt Nagy effect that we used to, like, every time Matt Nagy would pop up, we're like, fuck that guy. Yeah. I am so done with Matt Eberflus. Like, he, I feel like he set our team back. And there it is, Cole Komet. Dude. Yep. Oh, no, baby. You can tell. You can tell that he's looking for DJ Moore running down the field there. He has a little out motion. Looks like he's running some kind of wheel or something. He runs out of the screen. I can't tell. For sure. But, like, you can tell that Batch and Size are right down there. Like, he's looking for him. He's looking. And Cole Kamel just 
Cole Komet is just right underneath him, like, hey, like, I'm here. It looks like it was almost a bit of a tight end delay type situation. Yeah. He's like, fuck it. He's open. Going to him right there. And you gotta, you gotta love that Bajan stayed in the pocket. He delivered the throw until the last minute. He got whacked at the and end of the play. That, that is another big difference between Fields and Bajan. At least they're rookie, like comparing them rookie selves at least. Oh. I mean, gotten better about. Oh, he held on to it. I thought he fumbled that. Time out. Came, out. I thought it came out of his hand. Um, oh god, that was scary. But no, that is the big. That is the big difference. Another big difference between Fields and Bajan right there is just that Fields was not comfortable in a pocket. And I think, once again, it gets back into that a little bit of a runner's tendency. Like, he has that tendency, like, when he gets pressure and he gets uncomfortable with that, like, he wants to take off. He wants to run. He wants to go make something happen. Whereas Bajan, he, he's calm in the pocket. Like, when he does get in the pocket and he's sitting in there and he's chilling, like, he is by far much calmer than Fields is. And that's where it gives him the, the ability to just throw it away, too. Like, when he needs to throw it away, it's no big deal. It's like, ah... Uh, like, all right, time to chuck this. I'm getting a little too much pressure. But I love how he sits in there, and that that can get you some big plays, like passing the ball as well. If you can just hang in there a little bit, be a little bit elusive, maybe like step up, move to the side, whatever, and then you can get it to an open receiver downfield. And going to end a half, 10 to 9, that's good. And I, I want to talk about one thing. That. Because last year we gave Cairo Santos so much shit for missing so many kicks. And we stuck with the guy, and he's only missed one kick all year. I love Santos this year. He came back with a vengeance, and he's performing really, really well. And just give some kickers some love at occasionally because, like, he's doing great. I know kickers you were complete you Like you, you can. It's really easy when you're a kicker to just turn into a total head kick. I mean, you only see the field five times a game, six times a game, like, it, you know, like, your reps are so limited. Like, you miss one, and it's kind of like a, oh, fuck. Like, that's a game changer right there. You miss an extra point, like, that can easily end the game right there. Like, well, you just lost by one point because you missed the extra point. But and you um, think about it. You think about it. Every time a kicker's on the field, it's a scoring opportunity. Except, yes. like, kickers. Oh, yes. So, like, if they do miss one, it does. That's why they're such big head cases because yeah. every time a running back's on the field isn't a scoring opportunity. I mean, it could be, but like you know what I mean. For sure, it's like you. It's it's down to one. It's a one play. It's a score or don't score. Like right. when you come out, like it's either you're getting three or you're getting one or you're getting nothing, and it's it's you. It's yep. on you. But um, since we're at the halftime break now, we'll get into. Uh, we'll move on from some MSL talk and do a little bit more college talk right now. Uh, first things first, a little bit of sports news in the college world. I know we were talking a lot about Brian Ferentz leaving and whether or not Kirk would be departing with him. Kirk gave a statement, and he said, until they tell me to sit down, I'll probably keep going. And then following up, being asked if that means he's going to stay or not, he said, yeah, probably a couple of years. So Kirk's sticking around. Kirk's not going anywhere, at least for a year or two. He's he's not popping out just yet. How do you feel about that? I'm fine with it. I don't know. I I, I want to see what changes. Who I need to see who the new offensive coordinator is. Because there's two ways this could go. Like, Kirk's staying, sure, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't necessarily, like, bring in the new offensive coordinator and be like, all right. I want you to do some of your shit, you know, like 
it's your offense. I'm the head coach. Fucking tell me what you're going to do. Like, he can still say yes or no to certain ideas and whatnot, but, like, I'm curious to see if he lets that kind of control being given up a little bit, in which case we will see Iowa doing a lot of different things or some different things. I don't know if it will be a ton, per se. Or does Kirk completely just go, like, you're the offensive coordinator, but, like, my team, my offense, here's what we're doing. Like, you are executing my order, not, you know, controlling the offense. I think one aspect with this is that, one – Kirk Ferentz has been to two Big Ten championship games in the last four years. So I think it is his decision. If he wants to stay, he will stay. I mean, he's done nothing wrong except for hire his son. Like, that's the only thing he's done wrong. And Iowa's offense, anybody in that offensive coordinator role will probably turn around Iowa's offense a little bit. Because Brian Ferentz against Northwestern, they won 10-7. to And that was an ugly game at Wrigley and dude just keep hammering the under I'm gonna hammer the under again this week always hammer the under um surprisingly after this game Iowa gets ranked number 22 in the country now uh I don't understand why I'm I'm honestly not gonna lie Northwestern is a garbage program we want we barely fucking beat them on a last minute field goal uh just like 22 in the country? I, I don't know. I don't I don't believe it personally. I love I like being ranked. I'm always happy to be ranked, but I think if we want it against number 25 in the country, we get our shit kicked in. Right. No, and I think that's like another big aspect with it. Number 22 in the country is all because of clicks. I mean, because if Iowa runs the table, they beat Illinois. Who do we got after Illinois? We got uh, uh we have Nebraska. Illinois and Nebraska, that's it, right? Yeah. That's no, it. we play Rutgers this week. So if yeah. we beat Rutgers, oh, well, well, okay, Rutgers this week, then Illinois yeah. after then, Illinois, Nebraska. So if for some reason we beat the uh, Rutgers, which they're six and three, so don't sleep on Rutgers. Uh, no. They're six and three, and if we beat Rutgers this week, and then we beat Illinois and we beat Nebraska, we're a ten and two Iowa team. You have to be ranked. They have to be ranked going into the Big Ten Championship. And no, they no. There, there are plenty of teams that are that can be ten and two. Well, and, and I'm saying, I'm saying for a competition. You do. You got to look at competition. But if we do go out and we beat Rutgers this week, I mean, that's six and three team. That's a six and three Big Ten team. That's a good competition. Illinois, they're five and five. They'll probably be five and five. I mean, that's an okay Big Ten team. You're okay. at like. But well, once again, you have to look at competition. Like it's not, it's not. Rec- I'm not saying look at record. I'm saying look at competition. Like it's Rutgers. Sure, they're six and three. Who all of Rutgers? But what are Rutgers six wins? Like I just d- d- look at look at the ranked games Iowa's had. Which what we only had one and we got blown out. Um, but just I don't know. I I don't know if we're quite there. I would love to see us – God, I can't even say that. I was going to say I'd love to see us win the West and go to the Big Ten Championship, but honestly, we're going to go and just be absolutely murdered. So, like, I don't even know if I want to see that. But at the same time, that would mean we'd have to lose to Nebraska, and I definitely don't want to see us lose to Nebraska. Yeah, I'd rather lose to Illinois. I feel like Illinois sounds like a good team to lose to. I wouldn't mind losing to Illinois. Illinois just – rolls the dice and runs the table and they go to the Big Ten Championship. The only, reason, the only reason I don't want us to lose to Illinois is because I'm actually going to be at the 
the Illinois game down in Kinnick. Uh, finally get into an Iowa game. Our season will be over. And so I'm going to go watch that one live. But uh, so I, I kind of hope that's a win because otherwise it's going to be a real, real rough bummer. time. Yeah. That would yeah. be a bummer. Uh, well, and it's funny because I don't want us to lose to Nebraska because I'm going to be at the Nebraska-Iowa game here in Lincoln. And I really don't want to be in a crowd full of Cornhusker fans when Iowa is losing. That just sounds well, it looks like we're going to have to lose to Rutgers, then. I guess Rutgers is going to be the place. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That would still... We still could we lost, Even if we lost to Rutgers, though, we still win the Big Ten West, don't we? Yeah, because Rutgers is in the East, so it has to be Illinois or Nebraska. Yeah, well, I mean, just, yeah, Rutgers is in the East, but... It's, it's all based off record, so it would add a loss, so that doesn't matter because it's still a loss on a record. But I don't know. If it comes down to, like, tied records between us and Nebraska and or us and Wisconsin, like, we already beat – or, in theory, if we beat Nebraska and we have tied records, we get the head-to-head. So I think we would go anyway. So, I don't know. I guess we just have to go get absolutely annihilated in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, against Michigan, probably, maybe. Or Ohio State. Oh, yeah, Ohio State's been turning it on. Uh, Ohio State. They're, they're number one in the country. I'd say they're doing a little more than turning it yeah. on. How much of it? How much of their ranking in the country is because Michigan has the standing looking? That's my question, right? Because That's I feel like Michigan has done, has blown out more teams than Ohio State. Sure, but also Ohio State was number one in the country before the Michigan scandal came out. So that's true, but I don't know why. Because I'm looking at their schedule and like they've blown out teams, but they haven't blown out teams like the way they should. I feel like so. Well, I, once again, I'd say that all comes down to like competition. Like, are the teams there blowing out but better they, at all than the teams that Michigan has blown out, or? Well, and that's the next thing I was going to say. Ohio State has played Notre Dame. They played Penn State. So, I mean, they have played, you know, a little bit better of competition. Notre Dame's no slump. Michigan State, or not Michigan State, but Penn State's no slump. So those two games right there, that is a resume builder, and that's probably why they are the number one team in the country. But it'll all come down to that last game of the year, Ohio State versus Michigan, to see Oh, who is the real number one team in the country? Yeah, whoever whoever comes out of that one is probably going to take number one spot, assuming that Georgia doesn't take the number one spot and both of them go two and three. Right. Uh, but we'll find that out later on. Biggest thing is Iowa is number 22. It has a shot at the Big Ten West. We hold our own destiny. We just have to not fuck it up. Uh, I think we might fuck it up along the way, though. And a part of me wants to. A part yeah, of me just wants ever to. so, ever so small part of me wants to. Because I mean, sh- look at our offense right now. Like yeah. we got so many dudes banged up and hurt. We're barely scoring like ten points a game. Not in actuality. If you take away our non-conference games, our points per game like goes down significantly. Yeah, I mean, um, what we scored thirty-eight points against Western Michigan. You take that game away. Exactly. Of course. Like, that is the game. That is the game to take away. Like, if you take away that game, I don't know. I'm going to look. I'm looking at our past scores, and I'll tell you just in conference, we have scored 10, 10, 
15. Oh, oh, this is jumping weirdly. This, okay, one sec. I got to scroll back down now because this didn't. But yeah, My, anyways. Uh, app jumped. Okay, 10, 10, 15, 20 against Purdue, 26 against Michigan State. I guess that's not horrible. Zero. And that's our in, that is our in, in conference games right now. 26 points. 10, 10, yeah. 81 points. That's all we've scored. 81 points. That's not good. Like 81 points divided by how many games is that? Six? Six. 81 divided by six. What is that? 81 divided by six is 13 and a half. Look at us go. We are barely scoring two touchdowns a game. Not even barely. We are not scoring two touchdowns a game. In call, us, call us the Miami Dolphins. We are putting up 70 again. Um, but anyways, we are not. Uh, another game, though, that you wanted to mention is uh, Washington, number five, versus USC. Washington did it. I told you this was going to be a close game. It was. It was scary. I want Michael Penix as a Chicago Bear. Uh, Michael Penix would definitely be my pick as a Bear over Caleb fucking Williams. Uh, oh. USC is no longer even ranked. Uh, I, I know it was a close game. And I trust me. Anytime I talk about USC, like getting their dicks blown in, I mostly just mean lose. Anytime they lose, they get their dicks blown in. And Caleb Williams fucking acted like it after the game. Because did you see the clip of him crying in the stands with his mom? I have no problem with that. I, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I just like I hate Caleb Williams, and so right. part of me is like, yes, you fucking diva. Like go cry. Right. And, like, I don't have a problem with that. The one thing I do have a problem is uh, last year on Instagram or Twitter, he kind of, like, put a laughing emoji when Max Duggan was crying when they lost uh, the Big 12 championship game. And he said, well, laughing emoji. And then this year, he's crying after a loss to number five, Washington. I'm like, Max Duggan, I know Max Duggan is probably a bigger person. But if I were him, I would definitely at Caleb Williams, LOL, crying face laugh. <laughs> For sure. 100%. And fuck this Matt Eberflus guy. I'm so sorry. 1-14 in 14 when the Bears have allowed the first four. That's so bad. That's horrible. That's terrible. All right. least, it comes back to coaching. The third quarter of this game is starting, so we're going to wrap up real quickly here. But uh, we'll, we'll talk real quick about another game we we're going to mention. Alabama versus LSU. Alabama did end up taking the win, 42-28. to 28. Uh, However, Alabama is still number eight. They have jumped none. LSU is now number 19. They have moved down. They're still contenders. That's all I, I really understand. don't think they are. Look, like, like you were kind of convincing me. I'm like, SEC championship beat number one Georgia, who's not even number one anymore. So, But I'm like, okay, yeah, you beat the number one team. Like, you might have to questionably go in it. But even if they did at this point, even if they did beat Georgia, who's number two, unless one of the top five teams right now who are all undefeated lose a game at some point. Which, guess what? I don't think they're getting there. One of the top five teams will lose a game in Ohio State and Michigan. They play each other still at the end of the year. They do play a game. And guess what? Another Oregon and Washington have to play each other one more time. Washington loses to Oregon because it was a super close game. That's two teams right there. That's why I'm saying in Texas, they still have a Big 12 championship game against Kansas. 
or I'm not even talking like Texas right now. I'm talking about the top five, more so the top four. But you have to asterisk Michigan and Ohio State in my head because, like, yes, someone is going to lose that game, but who are they going to lose it to? Either the number two or the number three team in the country. So they're still going to be probably top five-ish after a loss, depending on how the loss is taken, I should say. Right. If they get absolutely blown out, yeah, you could probably drop quite a ways. But if it's a close game, you probably don't go down horribly, depending I think on how other games go. I do think it's time will tell. and Because, like, I, I think it's too early to say, oh, these are our top six teams. Because a lot of shit, college football, a lot of shit happens any given week. I mean, well, we got three weeks, and then a playoffs or playoff like conference championship week, right. four weeks technically. If Alabama could go out and lose one of these games, and then my argument is over. But I'm just saying, like, never count a one loss Alabama team out. Like Alabama, they're just such a well ran organization, and I know people used to say that about the Patriots. Woo, we almost blocked that. Um, and stuff, but like they still have Nick Saban, they still have the best players in the country. I just really don't think you can count them out. I, their, quarterback, their quarterback has stepped up his game from the beginning yeah. of the season. He is looking a lot better than when he first started out, which I mean, experience, right? Like, who's not going to look better with a little experience? Like, <laughs> everyone was freaking out at the like after the first game. Like, after the first know. game, oh, my God, this guy's not the guy for Alabama. Like, y'all, he's played one game. <laughs> right. Well, and I don't know because, like, a one quarterback that did look better with less experience is Tyson Bajan. Like, what we're watching I, right well, now. Yes. With one game. We're, we're, talking, we're talking levels now, though. Okay. We're talking, like, your first NFL game did not go great compared to – or went super well. Like, I mean, this is college. A little bit different. Like, you're a high schooler just entering college. Like, your entire world has just been rocked. You know, like, this is probably the first time you've ever moved in your fucking life. <laughs> Did you see this last 10 opponents for Tyson Bajan, though? It's hilarious. Carolina Panthers, Chargers, Raiders, Vikings, Colorado School of Mines, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, man. I, like I do like it. Like, I do like that he's. Ooh, nice little. Dump off there. Uh, I'll take it. He didn't get sacked, and they were coming heavy. And Foreman got a fantasy point. There you go. Well, is that a fantasy point if it was uh, minus a yard? Because he got a catch. Yeah, no, he got a catch. I mean, was he minus a yard, or was he just zero yards? It might have been zero yards. Also, I wanted to mention something that's not even football-related, but uh, UNO played TCU tonight, right? And yeah, in basketball. And it was a close game, 82 to 74. Uh, they lost, of course. But uh, 82 to 74 ain't bad for uh, a Summit League team and UNO. No, I, that's, not, that's not bad at all. Uh, going back to Iowa a little bit, I was actually at the Iowa women's basketball yeah, opening game it? against Fairleigh Dickinson. Right. The, uh, then tournament com- uh, contenders. Yeah, words. Um, I was. I thought it was funny. It was like, Fairleigh Dickinson? I feel like we did so much talking about them during March Madness. And then here their women's team is playing Iowa. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But uh, me and some of the other coaches went, and we actually we got there right at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Caitlin Clark already had 21 points. She's a beast. She's a beast. Oh, also I wanted to say congratulations to the Colorado women's basketball team for beating LSU. 
They beat LSU. Yes. yes. Yeah. They they beat LSU. I think it was 82 to 70. And I was shocked. I was like, look at Colorado go. Like that was impressive, man. Like just seeing them take down the what their number one team in the country right now. That was cool. Soup now, very, very hard to say as we are so, so early in the season. And by so early, I mean there's been one fucking game. Right. But <laughs> just from what we know of right now, Iowa, still with Caitlin Clark. LSU lost to Colorado. You think Iowa has a good shot at winning it all this season? I do, man. I think uh, I think Iowa, like we were close last year. I actually read an article today, and it was talking about the officiating was like 87% accurate during the national championship game uh, against LSU. And if yeah. that would have been in the top 90, uh, like Iowa would have had a good shot of winning the national championship. And I Told you that. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. But yeah, and the NCAA took a hard look at it this offseason. There you have, uh, I think it was over like 40% of the refs are going to be new uh, in the uh, tournament this year. So I'm good. pretty happy with that. I'm hoping that Iowa can keep going, man, because they look good. As they a coach, as good. a coach, that is like the number one thing that I could ask for is like, hey, you shitty-ass refs, like, lose your fucking job. Like, what happens if I don't win games? I lose my – or, more accurately, Division Three probably, what happens if I don't bring in a bunch of recruits or, like, I don't bring in my number of kids that I'm supposed to bring in and stuff? I lose my jobs. Why should you continue on refing if you're not doing a good job? And, like, we can all see it. That's the worst part, especially at the higher levels when you have replays and all that stuff like that. And you can even overturn some mistakes. Like, eh, we kind of called it wrong, but, like – can't watch it no you can watch it you fucked it up like awful um sorry i'm very heated about this because we actually just played our loss that we just had school i coached for the rest were horrible right absolutely horrible there was a super blatant tripping that was not called there was pass interference where our dude's literally getting tackled the ball's like barely even thrown yet and like there's no call The, the rest were absolutely horrible and I, I honestly, I'm like talking to our head coach. I'm like, do we send some film into the league? Like more often than not, it's not worth it. You know, nothing's going to come of it, whatever. But that game, I was honestly like, I feel like we should fucking send this into the organization because this is truly just horrible. Uh, good sack there by fucking Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was about to say, man, um, when are we going to start the pay that man chance for Jalen Johnson like we did for Roquan Smith? Because he just had a hell of a play, and you gotta pay that man. You gotta pay yeah. that man. Like he's such a great lockdown corner, and I like you this. Pay our good players. Like if you don't pay your good play, like yeah, I get it. You want all this salary cap, whatever. Like oh, we have so much salary cap that we can use on good players, and we can go be a great team. One problem with that philosophy is if you don't fucking spend the salary cap, you don't fucking get the good players. Right. 100%. Well, and that's what the Browns did for, what, years and years and years? They always finished last. They always had picks. They always had the salary cap. And they're like, well, next year, you know, we're in rebuild. Well, I'm tired of being in rebuild. We've only been in rebuild, true rebuild, for two years. I'm tired of it. I don't know how Browns fans did it for 10, 12 years, but I can't do it no more. The Bears, we got to figure this shit out in this offseason. 
And I don't care if we go seven and ten next year. I just want a good year. And I just want to, I want to see the record go in this direction. I'm yeah. pointing up. I want to see the record go up. Yeah. Another. Uh, oh, we forgot to mention. So uh, Daniel Jones tore his ACL. Um, he's out for the rest of the year. They're going with Tommy DeVito, which is a uh, he was Illinois quarterback last year. He was oh, undrafted okay. guy, undrafted guy also. And so a lot of undrafted guys the last couple of years are getting their shot to uh, sure. start. Which he wasn't a bad co- – Illinois wasn't a bad team at all last year. Last no, year they, they had a shot to win. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, yeah, once Iowa beat – because they were, they were like the team to win the Big Ten West going into the Iowa week. We beat them. We leapfrogged them. And then Purdue ended up beating us. And then they won. Yeah. And now look at Purdue. Purdue looks terrible. Yes, yeah. Purdue looks god-awful. Um, last year, though, if we would have went to the championship, we probably would have looked pretty similar in that game. Like, I don't know. Actually, last year was a bit of an exception because I truly do think that we would have looked better than we did the year before because it was against Michigan again. Right. And I think our defense was a lot better. I think we had a lot better defensive uh, personnel and whatnot, and we're just playing better. I, I honestly think that we would have held Michigan to a lot less points if we would have played them last year. So it sucks that we lost to Purdue and our game didn't go. Like, that's the one exception. I'm like, you know what? Even if we lost, which I'm sure we would have, I think it would have been such a much better game than last year that I would have been okay with it. Like, at least I could show the comparison of like, hey, at least like, see, uh, that. I agree, man. Oh, we, uh, Jason Kelsey was on our game. I guess we could talk a little bit about the Cowboys-Eagles game. This is good. Yes. Cowboys-Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts also got hurt. Um, much like, why are there so many quarterbacks hurt right now? Does this normally happen, or is this just some weird? Because we got Fields. We got Rodgers, technically, as a torn Achilles. We've got Burrow was hurt in the beginning of the Burrow. year. Burrow's hurt. Like, like, quarterbacks are fucking breaking down out here or some shit, but... And Jalen Hurts got hurt. Luckily, the Eagles did get their win first, 28-23. to 23. Uh, Who knows how what, – what happened to Jalen Hurts? Do we actually know? I don't. Um, he came out for a couple of drives, but he came back in. Um, they were mentioning it could have been on the tush push. Also, the tush push was not successful last week for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's got to be the first time, like, ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like how all these other teams are starting to replicate the tush push now. It's funny. Or at least trying. Or trying. Not everyone I, can do it. I did feel like Chicago was good with the tush push when Fields was starting. Because yeah, no, was, you need you need a quarterback that's decent to do a tush push. I mean, they don't have to be anything super spectacular. Uh, we act. We actually have a version of the tush push that we use a decent amount whenever we get in a third and one situation. How how often does it work? Uh, nine times out of ten. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think that's like the perfect play. And I hate that so many people are trying to ban it. I know. Like, it's, I, so I, it's a dumb thing to try to ban. Like, what What do you I, – I don't understand the whole banning of it premise. Like, why Why ban it? It's a play. Like, are you right. going to ban other successful plays? Hey, we can't run fades anymore. It's what, like, what? Like, it's fucking play. It's football. Right. Ryan Burns, remember when he was rumored to come to Chicago with the first pick instead of DJ Moore? They're talking about an edge rusher. I don't know. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brian Burns. I love Deontay Foreman. Carolina's so stupid for giving him away. And he wasn't even supposed to be our, our like, I know. running back. He was just going to be, like, a special teams dude. Like, I remember we talked about it in one of our episodes. We are like, uh, yeah, might not necessarily be a back for us. Like, he'll be a great special team kind of guy. But, no, here he is fucking leading the way for fucking Chicago rushing yards. I thought we were high on Foreman. I thought it was Travis Homer we were talking about as a special teams guy. Uh, Deontay Foreman was the I don't, one. I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, Cole Komet. And also, I, I'm i just going to say it. The year that Cole Komet's had, like, he's well worth the contract that we gave him in the offseason. We gave him that big contract. And he's came out and he's performed all fucking year. He's turning into probably a top 10 title. I guarantee it. Like, Look at his stats. I'll have to pull up his stats because he's looked great this year. You're ahead of me again, and I can tell based off the plays I just watched because you're talking about Foreman, and then you talked about Komet, and I saw <laughs> this happen like 30 seconds later <laughs> of why you would mention those two guys. <laughs> so, so um, Cole Komet this year has – Tush push, you got it. Uh, 41 receptions for 374 yards and five TDs. For a tight end, that's pretty solid. That's, that's, that's pretty solid for a tight end. I, I am a true tight ends coach now, and I have completely fallen in love with tight ends. Like, I love Travis Kelsey. I love Cole Komet. I love just talking about tight ends. I love fucking Iowa, obviously, tight end you. Um, I, I've really, really fallen in love with just, like, the position as a whole. So much so that it's going to make me really, really sad if I ever get a different job or get a different, like, position or anything that I'm going to be like, I don't oh. want to <laughs> Also, did you see that tush push that we no, did? No, I, I kind of skipped over it because you said tush push, and I w- was nowhere near a tush push happening, and I was like, I need to skip it. <laughs> okay, well, the tush push, we had Cole Komet line up at quarterback, and we got it. That's a fun little wrinkle, like having your tight end line up. I guarantee the Chiefs could do that with Travis Kelsey. Um, we, we motion our tight end behind the quarterback and then yeah. just push. He took um, the whole snap. But having him take the snap, that is interesting. Get in the end zone, baby. Hell yeah. That's six fantasy points. I might win this week. JK, my team's not that good. I was going to say, um, you think you'll actually win this week? No, not a chance. <laughs> Oh, man. I love uh, the trade I did for DJ Moore. Um, I traded away Miles Sanders, but I also traded away my second-round pick. And Miles Sanders has negative .5 points tonight for Sam. And DJ Moore has scored me 11. And I'm starting the Bears defense. Don't know why. Foreman has got me 15.4 points right now. So, shout-out to that, man. Is this the first lead of the night for Chicago? First week of what? Is this the first lead of the night for Chicago? Oh, the first lead? Yes. Because it only went down like 7 0. Yeah, and then it was 10 to 3. That was right. Yep. Look at us. Could we be 3 and 7? Like, I, I, you know, Maybe. we are playing the Panthers. Like, come on. Like, we, we're playing the Panthers. Like, but still, a win's a win. Hey, a win is a win. Our head coach says that all the time. He's like, a win is a win is a win. Like, doesn't matter if it was pretty, ugly, whatever. Like, it's a fucking win. Like, celebrate it. Like, yeah, fair enough. 
So I uh, watched this Netflix series or this Apple TV series called Ted Lasso. I know you know all about Ted Lasso. Uh, and, yeah, I watched it years before you, and then you asked me if I knew what it was, like it was some new thing. <laughs> well, to me, it got me into soccer, uh, or I should say football. Um, and I no, think- you, you should say soccer. Football. Football. Um, but, dude, I actually – I've only watched one full game. But I've actually, like, kind of gotten into watching all the highlights for Manchester City this year. I picked the best team in the Premier League. I had to. Um, if I – because, so, I got a buddy. We've had him on as a guest host. He's a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan, or was a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And he uh, – he was so burnt out from the Cowboys and devastated when they, uh, you know, lined up Zeke at center last year in the last game of the year. And he decided just to stop being a fan of the Cowboys and switch to the Kansas City Chiefs. The best team in the fucking league. I hate it so fucking much. We need to bring him on as a guest host. That's we do. Um, I hate it so much. And they brought him in. And so I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm so down on the Bears right now. And I'm so down on the Hawkeyes having such a bad offense. I was like, I'm tired of football. I'm just going to pick a whole new sport in general. And I was watching Ted Lasso. I'm like, I'm going to get into Premier League soccer. Soccer is fun to watch. Like, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it on this pod before. Like, I genuinely enjoy watching soccer. Um, I've probably said this before, but I got big into it when a college friend of mine, he was a goalie on our soccer team. And we went our senior year, like I went to all of his games or all of his home games, at least the, like the parents of the soccer teams bought me a shirt when we made playoffs and shit, just cause like I was always there and I was always screaming, <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> but, um, so speaking of having guests on, we need next time there's a big soccer event or something like we got to have him on. I think he's actually a soccer coach right now too. Oh really? He's coaching, yeah. He's coaching in college. He's a soccer coach. So That's we should awesome. have him on sometime. Yeah, no, man. But yeah, Manchester United or Manchester City, there's a difference, trust me. So Manchester United's in the Champion League right now. Manchester City is in the Premier League. So just a little bit of a difference. But they won 3 0 uh, the other day. Yeah, nil. Yeah, I'm using, I'm using soccer lingo. Yeah, 3 0, baby. And uh, it was a good game, man. It was a really good game. And yeah. I'm going to watch I- Manchester City. It's been a minute since I've watched a soccer game, honestly. I think the last time I watched probably was the World Cup, just uh, what, not quite a year ago. It was probably the last soccer game I truly watched. I enjoy soccer, but it's not one of those where I necessarily want to watch a team I have no like allegiance to. Like If I'm watching a game, I want to have some sort of connection to the game. I don't just want to watch a random, random game. So I need to either find a team for myself or just... I don't know, follow. Maybe I should follow my friend's team. I should just look up all their games and figure out when they're playing and watch them. But There you go. Uh, all right, guys. So that that's all the time we got here. I know we're a little over our hour now, so we will go ahead and sign off. We will be watching the rest of this game. Hopefully the Bears are able to pull off this dub. Uh, but, yeah, tell us what you think of this episode. Uh, if you guys want to see more of the kind of live talk during games, if you thought, if you hated it, if it, you'd rather have just the normal episodes, let us know. We, I want to hear your guys' feedback. Like, was this something you liked? Was this something that was horrible? Let us know, please. For sure, guys. All I got to say is like, subscribe, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You know the deal. 
Also, please, please, please can Chicago pull this off tonight. I need a win in my life. I really do. Uh, and Bryce Young is driving right now, which is terrifying me. Um, but other than that, I'll leave you with one thing. It is Bear Down!